This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Following the science is all the rage. Well, kinda. But during the pandemic, one group that's largely been forgotten, people dependent on large amounts of pain medication. For helping those people, following the science would be a refreshing change of pace. Cato's Jeff Singer argues that crystallizing current science in law means creating no room for new data to inform the application of law to medicine. Everybody nowadays, when it comes to policymaking, is very uh, concerned about following the science. But yet we have policies in place in all 50 states and the District of Columbia regarding how uh, healthcare practitioners prescribe opioids to patients that are not following the science. In fact, they work against following the science. So, for example, in 2016, the, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, uh, issued guidelines for prescribing opioids to patients in chronic pain because uh, they the CDC felt it was necessary to, to, to do something about the opioid-related overdose uh, death rate that it had been, you know, reaching historic levels. And when they published their guidelines, they said explicitly that uh, much of what we are going to tell you is based upon uh, what they call type 4 evidence, which is mostly observational, uh, incomplete, limited studies that uh, could be subject to change and revision and they said, so keep take everything we say with a grain of salt. And also, much, what we're telling you is not intended to be prescriptive, but rather to serve as an aid, as a rule of thumb for practitioners to use who always should know their patients' situations better than we do and should individualize treatment. And among the, so, so based upon that, they, they suggested, um, maximum amount of, uh, pills that should be given out to people in acute or chronic pain. And they even suggested that no more than what they call uh, morphine milligram equivalents, no more than 90 morphine milligram equivalents per day be prescribed to an individual. Um, this quickly got uh, grabbed by many governors and, and state lawmakers and put into law so that now uh, the great majority of states have laws on their books that say uh, prescribers cannot prescribe more than X number of uh, opioids to a patient and not more than uh, 90 morphine milligram equivalents of an opioid in a given day. About these morphine milligram equivalents, uh, they came out, the CDC came out with a, a conversion table. So they basically came out with a way of trying to compare all the other opioids to morphine uh, as a guide as to their strength and potency. So for example, hydrocodone or Vicodin is equal to one morphine milligram equivalent. So a milligram of hydrocodone equals a milligram of morphine. But oxycodone is 1.5 mil morphine milligram equivalents and, and so forth. So that's what they did. So mo many states, uh, for example, have rules saying that uh, doctors can't prescribe more than five days worth of opioids and not to exceed 90 morphine milligram equivalents in a 24-hour period. Now, again, the CDC said this is not meant to be taken as prescriptive, yet states cast it in stone. In addition, 
much of what they said has come under a lot of criticisms from researchers and experts in the field. Um, many pharmacologists have pointed out that uh, you, that these conversion tables are completely inaccurate. That that um, uh, the, what the, the morphine milligram equivalents are. It all depends on a person's individual metabolism, uh, their their body mass, their, their their body mass index, their weight, what other medications they may be taking, how their kidneys function, so that you could have uh, you know uh, one dose that could be overwhelming for uh, a big guy that's not overwhelming for a tiny woman. So uh, it's come under a lot of attack. Nevertheless, it's been cast in stone by many states. Um, and, and so they're not following the science. Not only that, but science is a process. It's not, uh, you know, a word from on high that's immutable. So another danger of uh, putting these guidelines into law is that if the science comes up with new information and we suddenly find out, oh, wait, um, actually, it should be 200 morphine milligram equivalents a day. Well, now you got laws that say 90. So now you have to go to, to the state legislature and get a law passed. You, so you can't legislate medical science. Medical science is a work in progress and it needs to be uh, understood by people who are involved in medical science and clinicians apply the known medical science. So uh, also a lot of people criticized even back then uh, the CDC is getting involved in these guidelines because they People were saying, what is the CDC doing recommending dosages and how to prescribe medications? That's usually something regulatory-wise that comes under the purview of the, of the Food and Drug Administration. The CDC is supposed to concern itself with you know, the spread of diseases, epidemiological things. So now, finally, after enough organizations have complained, for example, the American Society of Addiction Medicine, which is the premier credentialing organization for the specialty of addiction treatment, they complained because if you use those conversion tables, you couldn't put people on uh, methadone or buprenorphine, also sometimes called Suboxone, because the conversion tables would have those two drugs off the charts. Uh, and they asked that they be ex exempted from these morphine milligram equivalents. Uh, the American Medical Association protested, numerous uh, scientific organizations and not only that, but because of, of it being cast into stone, once that happens, law enforcement uses that as a guide to who's, you know, possibly a drug pusher. Uh, so doctors' offices are getting uh, raided by SWAT teams because they're exceeding the morphine milligram equivalents. Because so we end up having a situation where law enforcement is practicing medicine, and then doctors and and other healthcare practitioners are intimidated by that, and so they just stop prescribing pain medicine, or they rapidly taper off people who have had their pain control for years with greater than ninety morphine milligram equivalents of opioids, and they rapidly taper them, causing these people to have excruciating pain, maybe go into withdrawal symptoms because they become dependent on those doses. And a lot of them get desperate, turn to the black market for, for help, or some have committed suicide. So these are the dangers of number one, um, not following the science, and number two, trying to legislate science. You can't legislate science. Science is a work in progress. Science is a method, it's a process of, of gaining information. You can't put that into law. Uh, now, in response to this, the FDA is actually having a, a, a meeting on June 7th and June 8th where they're, they're asking for input 
and requests for comments from different experts because they want to look into the actual scientific basis of the uh, of the CDC guidelines and come up with something more accurate and precise uh, in terms of what to suggest to healthcare practitioners. Uh, a little late to the game, like uh, what five years late to the game, but better late than never. Uh, but that and the CDC itself has issued an advisory in 2019 saying uh, healthcare practitioners are and lawmakers are not using our guidelines the way it was intended. These were meant to be guidelines, not edicts. Uh, and we always said that these should be individualized. We never intended to have people rapidly tapered off doses that are working for them based on this. So it, a mess was created. And, and so when it comes to maybe lawmakers and, and governors and pol policymakers are trying to follow the science when it comes to COVID, and we could debate in a separate talk whether they are or not, but they certainly aren't following the science when it comes to uh, the opioid uh, overdose crisis. What is uh, so bothersome to me is people who are complaining, and there are many ways to complain about uh, Anthony Fauci's performance in the in the last year and a half. But so many people are saying, well, what he said in March 2020 is not what he's saying in May 2021. How is that consistent? And I thought, I think to myself, look, you can, there are plenty of reasons to, to pick on a guy, but updating your beliefs based on new information is certainly not one of them. Right. And that's why it's dangerous to act on new scientific information by putting it into law. Because once it's it's a law, you destroy all... First of all, laws are very difficult to, to deal with nuance. And a lot of things in science, particularly medical science, are nuanced. It is, is no one-size-fits-all. And most laws are one-size-fits-all. So when you put it into law, you destroy any nuance. And, and number two, you destroy any opportunity to make adjustments as new information comes in. So basically, the policymakers should have stayed out of this. And the clinicians then would have been able to say when they received these guidelines, well, thank you for that. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. I don't necessarily agree with everything you're saying, but you know, I'll, I'll tuck that away and keep that in mind, which is the way it was originally meant to be. And, and the stakes of this really almost couldn't be higher. We've had a year of some real problems associated with opioids in the last year as people have been unemployed, uh, forced to be at home, not engaging with others the way they otherwise would be. Uh, and that's caused a lot of problems with respect to opioid use and uh, overdoses and uh, people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the flip side of that, of course, is people who are in chronic pain who uh, otherwise aren't able to get what they need in order to function on a daily basis. Right. Because of these restrictions, a lot of chronic pain patients were having difficulty getting into their pain specialists whose offices might have been closed because of COVID. And then uh, they're trying to get refills and it, it, refills. It's difficult to give a refill. You can't just, you know, wire in a refill. You have to, to see the person under federal law. You have to see the patient in person. And now uh, you can't, you'd like to, if you know your patient real well, you'd like to be able to give them a big enough supply so that they don't, especially since they may be stuck inside because of the pandemic, so that they don't run run out uh, and have to find you again. But you can't, you're limited because you, there are limits on how many pills you can prescribe. So all these things, uh, this, is, this is why, you know, politicians and policemen should 
leave the practice of medicine to the practitioners. Jeff Singer is a physician and a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.